When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform, Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode in Her Space. I want our community to really stop with the you sound like a white girl or you sound white because what that really says is you're equating eloquence and articulation with a race which is really silly one because everyone we, we all have different accents it and also puts the rest of us down who might have a strong ass accent what it's saying is that we are not good enough because we have an accent and welcome to her space a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you we're your hosts Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. It brings my heart great joy to see Black women embracing their Blackness, natural hair, distinctive features, and beautiful brown bodies. You should be proud of your melanin. Your Black girl magic. That's right, that's right. And for those of you who don't know, melanin is responsible for determining skin and hair color and is present in the skin to varying degrees depending on how much a population has been exposed to the sun historically. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When I was younger, I didn't want anything to do with my melanin. I equated beauty with light skin, lighter than my skin, long hair, pretty eyes, as they used to say, and good hair. Can somebody tell me what good hair is? Like, come on. Like, come what on. is it for real, for real? Seriously, you come know, on. It changes with the times, apparently. Apparently. But in my in my opinion, all hair is good hair. Yes. You got hair on your head, it's good hair. It's good But hair. back in the day, you know how it was. It's like, oh, girl, you got, you got that nice little that curl. Silky. That silky. Yeah. And growing up, being black wasn't cool. I mean, the media, advertisements, mainstream companies, and product offerings perpetuated the myth that black women are less than beautiful. Our brown skin was underrepresented in history, media, the cosmetic industry, lingerie collections, and Barbie doll options, just to name a few. Do you remember as a kid, you probably had a white Barbie doll, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I remember just within the last five years trying to do Christmas shopping for my nieces and trying to find Barbie dolls and baby dolls that look like them. It, there are more options now. 
But it also depends on what neighborhood you're in, whether mm-hmm. or not you're going to actually have access to those options. Exactly. And when you think about it, representation is so important. Like it's important. I mean, ideally you would have a child with a diverse collection of dolls because that's representative of the world. But as a young black girl and your only option being a white doll, and that's what you see on television, that's what you see in magazines. I mean, I remember going to the hair store. Uh, Actually, no, I went to Safeway recently in my area and I went to go look for hair products for myself. And I was like, oh, okay. There's nothing, there's nothing there for me, you know? And we've come a long way, yes, but we still have a long way to go. And my hope is that our conversation today can remind you of why you should be proud of your melanin and why you should be proud of your heritage, regardless of how light or dark your skin is, regardless of the texture of your hair, because we're all unique and we're all beautiful. Yes, black girl magic. (laughs) I will probably say that at least five more times in this episode. Get ready for it. I I just want us to fully embrace who we are and just the I don't even have an adequate word to describe just the dopeness Mm -hmm. that we are, that we represent as black women. Agreed. So that kind of leads me to our quote of the day. And it comes from B Mike from Studio B in New Orleans. If you're ever visiting New Orleans, which I know a lot of y'all are going to be going down to Essence Fest. Shout out to Girl Strip for making Essence Fest even more popular than it already was. But you should definitely check out Studio B. And B. Mike has this quote, and I have it on. I bought one of the sweatshirts from the studio, and it says, I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. Say that one more time for us. I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. And when I think about where we are today, start of Black History Month, and for me, Recently returning from a Black heritage trip with some college students, some dope college students, by the way, I am fully aware, fully immersed in just how much we we have gone through as a people and how much we should be grateful for for where we are right now based on the sacrifices of our ancestors, we truly are. Even the smallest thing that you can imagine that you're doing that seems so insignificant is truly living out like our ancestors' wildest dreams. Truly, truly living it out. And it makes me think about like what it means to be Black in America today. We constantly, like when I think about like the conversations that we have about, oh, well, you're not black enough or you're too black or that's ghetto. because And, and just the negativity that sometimes gets assigned to being black in America. I just feel like right now in this moment, the space that I'm in is that we are dope as a people. Like we are so awesome. There is no other group of people that is like us. And we are so, so diverse that we need to embrace that. 
we need to fully be okay with every bit of who we are. And it makes me also kind of think about like, Terry, when you think about like, as we were like kind of prepping for this episode, right? Mm -hmm. Like we were just kind of like having our usual conversation Mm -hmm. and we were like, man, like, let's think about like what it was like growing up and, or what it was like in our workspace now, Mm -hmm. like what it is like in our workspaces now, what does it really mean to be black in America? Oh, so you must want me to go on a rant right now. Is that what you want, dog? Bring it. Bring it. Because <laughs> no, you but... know, I, I felt it. <laughs> so <Yes>. bring it. <laughs> so, okay. When I think about my experience, right? When I think about, you know, being this little black girl born in Philadelphia, raised in San Diego for the first 10 years of my life, I was raised in predominantly white spaces and white schools. And 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 that's what my, my friends, I mean, that's where I was raised. And so that's what I sort of... I was sort of like the representative, I want to say, in those groups. So I know that token, yes. Mm -hmm. I remember being in class and I was the only black student in some classes. And I was the, you know, only black student in some schools and things like that. And I remember feeling like, oh gosh, Black History Month was one of the worst times of the year because, or yeah, of the year because I remember being in class and they would talk about slavery and they would look back at me like I was a, like I was there and I, I mean, I'm like, I'm learning like y'all, you know what I mean? Yeah, and they were I'm looking not at me the representative like, I, for the whole, for exactly. my whole people. Exactly. So I think dealing with that, I think being black for me has meant in recent years, sort of filtering myself and showing up in a certain way so that I don't get this, this label of, oh, angry black woman, right? Even though we have a lot to be angry about. It's like, you have to contain yourself. You have to put on this representative. You have to put on this other person. You can't really be yourself fully. So I would say that. But the other thing is, the funny part about it is when I was in, it was like right after 9-11, I think I was in maybe seventh or eighth grade and I moved to Philly. So I went from going to a predominantly white school and I got sent to a all black public school in Philly. Okay. Now my accent I sound like a valley girl. And that's what my, my family used to say. And I got teased like crazy because everyone's like, oh, you sound white. And I was just like, well, wait, we all look the same. I don't fit in with the white people fully because I'm definitely not white, but I sound more like them, quote unquote. But because then, you were speaking proper English? Girl. Okay. And then when I go to the black school, I'm like, well, I don't fit in here, but we all look the same, but I just sound different. And I think... I want our community to really stop with the you sound like a white girl or you sound white because what that really says is you're equating eloquence and articulation with a race, which is really silly, one, because everyone, we all have different accents and all pronounce things differently based on where we were raised, where we come from. But that's like, it just, we shouldn't be saying that, okay? But at the same time, what that also does is it also puts the rest of us down who might have a strong accent. What it's saying is that we are not good enough because Mm. we have an accent. And that's not right. That's good. It's when we get into this negative comparison of one another, what we end up tearing each other down in the hopes of making the other person feel bad. But we're also like, we're simultaneously tearing ourselves down basically. Mm -hmm. It's a lose-lose situation for everyone involved. You know, 
I have found myself saying, oh, so-and-so sounds a little country. And, or people have said, oh, you don't sound like you're from New Orleans. Like, I don't have that thick New Orleans accent. That's okay. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that I'm not from there. Mm -hmm. And that also doesn't mean that someone who has a New Orleans accent or someone who has a quote unquote country accent, that doesn't make us any better or worse than the other person. Exactly. Or even less intelligent. It's like you just literally have an accent based on where you're from. It means nothing else. But society would have you believe that the newscaster, you know, who pronunciation. Has taken speech classes. Exactly, exactly. Multiple mm-hmm. speech and diction courses. Yes. To drain out their right. accent. To erase any sign of where they're from. But that should be celebrated, right? It's like this unique thing about you. I know there are certain words that I say and people are like, wait, where are you from? And it's just like, wait, what did I say? You know what I mean? Like, I don't even, I don't hear it myself, obviously. But I think about the fact that black people and people of color in general, we're often portrayed as this this monolithic existence, like we're this big group of people that all act the same. We all do the same thing. If one black person does this, then all black people are this, right? But it's like every other group has a chance to be an individual and we don't necessarily always get that. And so I want us to remember that we are multifaceted within our groups, within our families. We have different hair texture, different lengths, different different everything. And that should be celebrated yes. and not suppressed or or changed so that we can fit into this stereotype or this this image of what blackness should be because we are so different and unique with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No We really are. And I think, you know, like there's so many things that come up for me, right? So there's this piece of when, when we're in the workplace and how. We're expected, like you touched on this a moment ago, like we're expected to not be the angry black woman when something doesn't go our way or or even us just standing up for ourselves. And my tone could be just like this. But if I say something to correct someone, then I must be the angry black woman. And that's a lot of weight on us. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of stress for us to take on and to have to deal with that on a daily basis and in the workplace. On top of all the other stress of just doing your general assigned duties, right? And so then we find ourselves, some of us find ourselves in a position of trying to make that that choice of, am I going to speak out or... Do I keep quiet? 
And what does that mean if I keep quiet? Am I allowing, by my silence, am I saying that this is okay? Or am I doing this for survival? Mm-hmm. In what workplace setting is this going to really be acceptable? If I, if my boss says something that is disrespectful and I pop off at the mouth, I might be at risk of losing my job, depending on my setting. In other settings, that might be acceptable, right? And so we have to kind of figure out like, well, where, like, we're constantly doing this juggling act of like figuring out when can I speak up for myself and when do I have to like step back? Because also if I'm all if I'm always speaking up, if I'm always fighting, that takes a toll on us too. That's a, that that's a lot for one person to carry, especially if you're the only black person in your office. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And it's funny because I remember when I don't think I've ever worked in a predominantly black environment until I worked at UMES. Um, I worked in the School of Pharmacy a few years ago and it's a HBCU. And so going to work every day, it was like low key, like a fashion show because we all just I don't know. We just had this swag, this vibe. and It was just so cool to be with the women who look like me. And I feel like if, if you've never experienced that, if you're a person, maybe you're not a black person, or you're not a person of color and you've never been in spaces constantly where you are outnumbered and where you are not represented or you've been in a world where you don't see people that look like you on TV, you don't see people who look like you being portrayed positively, that messes with your psyche. Like that does something to you. And I mean, it goes back to the baby doll test where the little I girls had the, the baby doll dolls. Study. Yes. yes. And they, the little black children or little, they were children of all races, right? They were given in the, the dolls. recent studies, yeah. And they were asked to choose the more desirable doll or the doll that was more attractive. And most of them chose the white doll over the black doll. And that's because of the programming, our television. I mean, just take a look around us and see how we're not represented. We are now in like recent days starting to kind of move into the right direction. But but the wild thing about that is that you're referencing the recent study, right? This study was originally done by two psychologists, Kenneth and Mamie Clark, in the 1950s to help with the Brown versus Board of Education uh, Supreme Court case that led to school desegregation. Wow. And so when we really think about, like we were saying earlier about like our ancestors, 1954 is not that long ago. During that study, you had people, you had young children still saying that the black doll represented the bad doll. Mm -hmm. That was in 54. If we reference the more recent studies, black children are still saying the same thing. So we're still getting this message of black is bad. And I just need us to step back and recognize that is not Mm -hmm. that we are full of black girl magic and black boy joy that's right i i I want us to fully fully embrace that and shout out to 
all those social media hashtags and everything that the black girls rock on BET. Like shout out to all of those sources that are really trying to help make sure that these future generations really are learning that we are worth so much, like for real, like worth so, so much. Like I literally like, you know, as we're talking about representation, meaning, meaning a lot, just our logo, right? Mm. Of that melanated woman with that wow, glorious, beautiful he hair. Has hair defined yes. gravity. Yes. I love it. I have had a couple of people already ask me, like, so can you send me that image? Because I want my daughter to be able to see that on a regular basis. Wow. Like, or just seeing that every day, like, just reminds me just of how beautiful we are. That just reinforces that that representation really matters. It really does. And I'm thinking about just some of the, I'm so happy that we're at a place now where we have so many black creatives and people that are out there instead of complaining, right? Because I'm not one to complain. I don't like to at least maybe I'll like acknowledge something. I'm like, okay, I know that there's a lack here or a void. And that's why I created my blog, like Mocha Girls Pit Stop. I literally, I was like, okay, I'm in grad school. I'm struggling with depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, all these things. And I was turning on the TV and I'm like, Okay, I don't really see anyone that looks like me talking about this stuff. I go to Cosmo. I used to love to read Cosmo magazines. And I was just like, okay, this is cool. But I don't really see it. Like, having someone that looks like you and speaks like you and has been through what you've been through is so helpful. And so I was like, you know what? Instead of creating or complaining about, oh, the man ain't do this and da 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 let's go create it. And so that's right. why I created that. My husband, he also, him and his colleague, they write children's books. They have a series called the super series. It's a book about a little black boy, him wanting to be super rich, super smart, and super healthy. And these images in each series is showing them what this little black boy looks like on his journey to a healthy life, a wealthy life. And, you know, just being this this image that they don't see a lot is so important. And so we'll, we'll have to leave a link to that in the show notes for sure. I was sure. just about to say that. Yeah, we need to make sure that we put that out there so people can see access that. Because again, representation matters. Yeah. And access to the representation yes. matters. Yeah. And, you know, as you were talking, like I was thinking about like the idea of like colorism and mm. how, you know, we constantly get caught up in that light skin versus dark skin yes. and I thought about like oh well, maybe we should dive into that and talk about it and then I was like you know what no like it let's not give voice to that let's not add to that let's think about how we can diffuse that mm. how we can start to really move away from that conversation like let's not dive into like what the conversation is where do we move forward? Where do we, how do we move beyond that? And you know what I would want to add to that, Dom? I think that as one thing I will, maybe we should dive into this in another podcast, but I feel like women that are of a fair complexion or women that are lighter complected or whatever you want to call it, I feel like those women in some way need to like advocate for the dark skin sisters for real, because I think that they, when I look at representation, 
we see more black people being represented, but we don't see, I don't see a lot of, I mean, we have Lupita and some other amazing models that are finally, like just now being acknowledged mm-hmm. and represented. But I have a lot of dark skinned girlfriends that used to get a lot of, like, they used to get a lot of bad comments and treatment growing up because of their skin, their beautiful melanated skin. They used to get called all kinds of names, names and struggled so much with confidence because of I mean, their representation, that's on a whole nother level because right. we're getting like the brown is getting up in there, right? But you don't right. see the... And it's like, and it's so funny because you mentioned Lupita, mm-hmm. right? Now, we were talking earlier um, offline about the episode of Blackish that yes. came out a few weeks ago and how they were talking about, rep- they were talking about representation and Lupita was the one name that they mentioned. Yeah. And it's like... Wait, and you hadn't seen the episode of Blackish, and yeah. I hadn't even mentioned Lupita's yeah. name. But when you we talk dark skinned women, beautiful dark skinned women, Lupita is the name that comes up, and there's so many other women for sure. Like, if we think about, like, even like if we go like to back in the day, like Grace Jones, mm. like, people are like, Grace Jones is not. Grace Jones was cutting edge, yes. right? What? And I think about. How we can, like you said, like one, those of us who have light skin privilege, because mm-hmm. that is a real thing. It really is. We can own up to that and accept that and be advocates and allies exactly. for our more melanated sisters. Exactly. And all of us, instead of tearing each other down, learning to just appreciate and embrace the multitude of shades that we have Mm -hmm. within us come on like when you think about it like what other group of women comes in so many varieties and of shades yes and all of us are beautiful Mm -hmm. like that magic (laughs) that's all i keep coming to is that magic and we just you know, like I'm, like I said, like right now, like the space that I'm in is just like, let's not tear each other down. Let's truly find ways to like build one another up. Like, mm-hmm. what can we do to keep building each other forward? You know, why? Well, one of my little sisters, she is like the lightest person in our whole family. She takes after my dad's grandmother she's her name is pearl and she's about the complexion of a pearl which is absolutely okay that's our we used to call her our light bright in the family and one thing i used to tell her growing up is that i let her know about the plight and the experiences of darker skinned women and girls let her know we're not we don't do team light skin team dark skin it's team melanin baby that's what we do right we do team melanin we're all equally important we're all equally important and equally beautiful and i've told i've you know, share with her that you uplift your sisters. Like just sharing that message, even with younger generations, I think is so important. And when we see something that isn't right, whether someone is being discriminated against because of their complexion, we need to call it out and let, even if we have to do it within our community, let people know, uh, uh-uh, we don't, that's not funny to me. I don't, that's not, that makes me uncomfortable. Right. And right. that's not right. But calling it out, I think is important the same way that we need allies as black people. I think that within our community, we can also have our own allies to fight yes. for each other. Yes. And, you know, and that brings me back to thinking about, like, workplace setting. And, you know, if 
knowing yourself, right? And knowing your limits and knowing what is helpful and healthy for you. So if you know that you are that person that generally likes to pop off, and I use that, but I, but generally, you know, I mean that the person who tends to be way more assertive than others, then that means you can use that to stand up for other women in the workplace, right? Or if you're that person who tends to be the more quiet type, the more passive type, then and you may find figure out where your strength lies and figure out how you can advocate through whatever your strength may be. You may be that person who can go totally off in an email and maybe have people crying tears behind their computer screen, you know? <laughs> That might be you, but whatever it is, whatever your area of strength is that you can use to help uplift other women in the workplace or other black people in the workplace. I think that's it, that's so important to just figure out, yeah, what's your strength? But I just wanted to say as we as you move forward, because this is just the first of the month, we still have a whole 27 days and we know there are country, our world is just in this very sensitive climate. And so we do have a post that you can look forward to in the show notes that's all about black history, but it also speaks to why there is not a white history month. Because I think in recent months, years, and you know, recently we've seen people post online, well why isn't it a white history month? We need a white history month. And I give you a very great description and an overview on why that is not needed, right? Because we already have we already have eleven other months, y'all. Come on now. Right. So yes, take a look at that post if you wanna if you just want to send it to someone because you know this is always a tough time of the month for us sometimes because people like to test you and just be strong. Be yes, strong. yes. <laughs> and and you can also look at that and and think about well, okay, here's why we are so dope and here's why we need to celebrate our dopeness not just in the month of February but throughout the entire year. Yeah. And I think we should just use this as a start, right? So as I think about like, okay, coming off of this trip and moving into Black History Month, like what and moving beyond Black History Month, but just the space that I want to occupy as a black woman in this country, I think that it is so important for us to be aware of our history, our real history. Not the history they teach us in school. We got to do our own research, y'all. Yes, you already yes, know. Yes. You already know. <laughs> and, and to learn more just about like the magnificence that we are as a yes. people. Mm. And so what I would like is to see all of us throughout the month of February trying out new spaces to learn about our people, right? To learn about our history, to learn about our art, our culture, in whatever way works for you. So whether that's reading a book, whether that's watching a documentary, and you know because it's Black History Month, there's going to be a ton of documentaries out there. Check out PBS. PBS has like the most, and Netflix is up there getting too. Go to a museum. I guarantee you there is a museum somewhere near where you live. Even if that museum is as small as a house, 
There is a museum somewhere where you live that provides information related to some aspect of Black identity and Black culture. And once you check that out, hit up our social media pages and let us know where you went. Like share with the community, like where you went and what you learned so that we can keep spreading the knowledge, spreading that wealth and just embracing our Black people magic, our Black excellence, our Black magnificence. Amen to that, Dom. And I would also say in our households, every month is Black History Month. But we know that for our, you know, our country, this is Black History Month. This is what they call it. But we, we do Black History 365, y'all. You already know. So enjoy the rest of the month and we will see you next Friday. Thanks for joining us today in Her Space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerSpacePodcast or check out our website at HerSpacePodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I am not defined by where I come from or what happened to me. I get to create my own destiny. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week, lady. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.